Hello everyone and welcome to episode 114 of the History Hotline. My name is Deanna Lynn Cook and today's episode might come at a surprise to some of you. If you are regular listeners, you'll know that we are on a summer break at the moment. But unfortunately, um, there was a quite a serious need to do this emergency episode today. Um, and you'll notice it's not even being released on a Tuesday. Um, but at the moment, with the circumstances... Uh, surrounding someone that I would say has been quite an inspiration to me on my academic journey and in my kind of pursuit of uh, disseminating history, black history, black British history to a wider public audience. Um, Their role has become um, threatened and I wanted to sit down with them and really think about what's happening and, and kind of urge you as listeners that might not be engaged or kind of in any big historical circles or academic circles or know too much about the way higher education institutions function in this country but have maybe a love or an interest of black British history and understand why it's so important that these histories are accessible at all levels you know whilst this podcast deals with public history and and history that you know is accessible to to people like yourselves um it's also important that we have history happening in higher education, in secondary schools, in primary schools, um, you know, in, in museums and, and in monuments and statues. And, and it's representative of, of the society that we live in. It was very clear in 2020 um, that there was a call for um, the diversification of history uh, in, in many different fields um, and places. Um, but unfortunately, it seems like this moment has slowly died out Um and the momentum that was started in 2020 has passed. And um, I'll be talking to you today about Professor Hakeem Adi, who will be joining us uh, later on in the episode, um, about the Masters of Research course at Chichester University. Um, that is currently under threat as Chichester have decided to suspend um, any more enrolments or any you know potential future students signing up for this course um, indefinitely and have said that um, it's under review and they're going to make a decision about what's to happen and you know if it's been suggested that if the course doesn't continue um, Professor Addy's post will not be uh, in place anymore um, so that puts his um, job at risk as well as the opportunity for students of the future to take on this master's and we're going to find out a little bit more about the course why it started um, Hakeem's journey through academia a little bit um, and kind of what's happening at Chichester but I would urge you before I even start um, if you can and you know if you think this is something that you care about uh, which you should um, to sign the position on change.org it will be linked in the bio and the show notes and I've also been speaking about it on social media as well so you can find out more there um the petition requires you to give like an online signature and then you'll get an email and in that email you'll have to basically confirm that your that's your email address just obviously so that they have valid signatures um and they also sometimes ask for donations but I don't believe those donations actually go towards any kind of um anything in terms of the actual case at hand, nothing to do with the masters or any of the organisations that are um, linked to the work that um, Professor Hakeem does, it's all goes to change.org. So don't feel like you need to donate. Um, just sign in it, share in it, read through some of the comments, leave a comment if you can. Um, that would be wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so welcome, Hakeem. 
well. Thank you so much for inviting me. Great to be here. No worries. Well, it's your second time on the podcast. Not in great circumstances. The first time was better, but here we are. Well, we don't choose the circumstances. We just have to act within them and act to change them if we can. Absolutely. Um, So it has been brought to our attention um, that the Masters of Research um, uh, Africa and African Diaspora, um, which is a course that's been going on for how long? It started in 2018. Uh, yeah, 2018 or the year 2018, 2019, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's been about four or five years now. Yeah. Um, well, that course um, and the recruitment of that course has been suspended um, uh, alarmingly overnight, essentially. Um, and that course will not exist, obviously, if there are no students on it. Um, so I just wanted to ask you about maybe going back to to the course and and to your time at Chichester, um, why did the course become a thing? Um, You know, what made you decide to start that and and how was support from the university when it all began? Okay, well, I began, I was appointed uh, at the university in 2012. I started in January 2012 and I became uh, a professor in the beginning of about three years later, so the beginning of 20, 2015. Um, during that period, I mean, I taught a variety of courses, mainly in the history of Africa and the African diaspora. And it became clear during that period that there were very few other black academic historians. Then there was a a headline that came out in the Times Educational Supplement that kind of underlined this point because it said that only three black students had trained as history teachers in the whole of Britain the previous year. So that was a kind of startling headline and it prompted me to again kind of reflect on what was something everybody knew um, that there are very few young people uh, who were postgraduate students, young people of African and Caribbean heritage who were postgraduate students in history. Um, as I say, very few uh, academic historians and so on. And so I began to uh, question what was going on, what was behind this headline. And I got together a group of concerned people, some... Uh, one or two PhD students, um, other people I knew around the country, some of them teachers, uh, one or two other academic historians. Uh, yeah, so a variety of people, a small group of us. And we launched the History Matters initiative. And the, the aim of that was to investigate what's going on. Why is there this problem? And why is nobody doing anything about it? And that led to, you know, we did some investigation. We found out that at that time in 2014, 2015, um, that history was one of the most unpopular subjects amongst young black students at university. Only agriculture and veterinary science were more unpopular. 
um, we found you know there were only something like two around 200 history teachers of African and Caribbean heritage in the country out of a total number of history teachers of about 16,000. And we had other stats of this kind. And so we approached the major institutions or institutional organizations who we thought should be concerned about this, the Royal Historical Society, the Historical Association, the that time, Hefke, the Higher Education Funding Council, had a, uh, I think it was called an Equalities Subcommittee. And we approached all of them and said, well, what are you, aren't you concerned about this? What are you doing? Um, and everybody said, Hefke said, well, no, we're not concerned about it. Uh, the other associations said, oh, okay, well, either they hadn't realized it or they weren't going to do anything about it. And so... We decided to call a conference uh, in t- April 2015 to, to look into what was this problem and what could be done to address it. In conjunction with the Royal Historical Society, the Historical Association, and supported by the University of Chichester. The conference was held. Um, I can talk about the nature of the conference some other time, but it issued various recommendations. So one of these recommendations was you know, to set up an organization for young people, and that became Young Historians Project. But another was to set up a course to encourage people to come back to history, particularly maybe mature students, people who had um, been turned off history at school, but actually loved history, been turned off by the Eurocentrism of the Eurocentric way in which history is taught and presented, but loved history, wanted to, would like to kind of train as historians, would like to carry out their own research and so on. And so as a result of that recommendation, I decided to set up, um, I did some investigation, decided to set up this master's program, master's in in research um, and master's in research of the history of Africa and the African diaspora. And, you know, setting up a program of that kind takes quite a long time to do, but it was supported by the University of Chichester. Um, and the program was launched in 2018. Uh, so for some reason, I always forget exactly when it was launched, but, um, Yeah, it was launched in in January 2018. Um, And it, without going into all of the characteristics of it, it it did kind of what it said on the tin. It tended to recruit mature students, people who loved history, who wanted to train as historians, who wanted to carry out research. Obviously, it's a research degree. It's examined by a research project of, 24,000 words. And so we would recruit, you know, every year. And we then were encouraged, you could say, to recruit twice a year. So we ran the course in January and we ran the course in September every year, I think since 2019. And we would recruit students at both times during the year. Not, you know, great numbers of students, but, um, you know, maybe half a dozen students a year, something like that. Um, the university was, as far as I know, quite happy with the course. 
Um, they've never set any targets for the course to meet. Um, and from that beginning, we recruited students, obviously from Britain, but also from the US, from Canada, from the Caribbean, from Africa, and also from Asia. The course was completely online, was the only one of its kind in the world. And as it was set up before COVID, we were kind of ahead of the, the curve on that front and so on. Overall, the course produced uh, obviously a number of graduates, some of whom went on to do PhD research. In fact, seven students went on to do PhD research, six of them at the University of Chichester. Five of them are still PhD students at the University of Chichester. One received her PhD last month. And so, to my mind, it's a very successful course. It must be one of the most successful master's courses in the country in, in the sense of producing PhD students. So that's essentially what we did. Uh, that's what the course was, was, was all about. Absolutely. Um, and I think the fact that, you know, you've got the success levels and rates of, of first of all, retaining students that, if you go back to the research that was done initially, that, you know, history is one of the most unpopular subjects um for for black black children um in school and then you've got these people that are sticking with the course not only doing a, a master's of research but a phd and going on to further work um, i think i've read as well that um you've had people that have taken this uh, mres and then have gone on to have book deals um obviously gaining phds um have deals with um the bbc to create documentaries and have contributed to a variety of public history as well so not only working within academia but also um you know for the public good um and to disperse and disseminate these histories um so to me it really does um and to most of you listening it will probably seem quite ridiculous that that this course is being threatened at all and i think it also speaks to the fact as you said it came before covid it comes before um, the kind of knee-jerk reaction of 2020 you first of all you were online before COVID and the fact that you were doing and serving um, these underserved histories that we always speak about especially on this podcast um, before uh, the moment where George Floyd is murdered um, yet here we are kind of three years beyond that moment uh, and the course is being threatened at this point, I'd like to introduce um, some of the former and current students on the course. Um, and they wanted to share and speak on their experiences. And I thought it was really important because it's all well and good hearing um, about the importance of the course from Hakeem. But you also have to hear about the impact this has on, on the students, on the students that take the course and choose to do it. My name is Aleja Tadessa and I'm a former student of Professor Hakeem Adi. Um, I was enrolled and completed the Masters in Research in History of Africa and the African Diaspora at the University of Chichester. Um, and my experience of the course was really start to finish incredibly satisfying. I found that it went above and beyond my initial expectations. Um, and this is in every part due to um, the quality of instruction received from Professor Hakeem Adi. So both, I think, his detailed knowledge of the area, his commitment to his students, which was really evident throughout, through to the very careful selection of topics, which focused on the last 200 years of modern history, makes this course really stand out for me. And I'm sure it would do the same for others. 
Um, it was through this master's in research that I was able to really gain a breadth and focus in my research skills uh, at a very advanced level. And the result has been to bolster my ability to conduct novel research into the history of the African diaspora in Britain in particular. I think that's especially important to emphasise because it's an area that remains inaccurately presented and um, we see very much the same narratives occurring around it. So because it's so underrepresented at the mainstream level um, is all the more reason why it's you know patently obvious to a lot of people that this course and Hakim's position must be protected. Um, what has kind of the process with that been? What's, what have they said about it or, or not said? Or um, how, how has this kind of whole, whole situation transpired? Well, the, I guess the underlying problem for the University of Trichester is it has some financial difficulties and I won't embarrass the university by explaining exactly why it has financial problems but obviously people probably know that many higher education institutions universities have financial difficulties because of lack of funding generally speaking the University of Trichester may have some specific problems that I won't go into but that's the underlying problem and so out of the blue in May, we were told, I was actually summoned to a meeting, I was abroad at the time, but I was summoned to a meeting, I was told that the university was going to review all taught postgraduate courses, which essentially means all master's level courses. They were going to be reviewed, um, a target was going to be set, you know, they had to have I think the number was six students by this particular point in May. If they didn't reach that target by May, then I was told they were going to be reviewed to see whether how marketable they were and so on and so on. So on the surface, it, sound, it sounded, okay, well, that's the kind of thing, you know, uh, maybe, you know, needs to be done. Um, but it, it soon became clear that... Um, this wasn't really a kind of legitimate exercise because about a week or maybe two weeks after I was told there was going to be a review and so on, um, I was told that, the, you know, the course had been closed, that recruitment had been closed in May. And, uh, yeah, effectively the course was closed. I wasn't giving any, it wasn't discussed with me. I wasn't given any information about what would happen. Um, I was just told the students who enrolled on the course, I think there were about five students at that time who'd enrolled, were going to be told, uh, you know, to go home or not to, <laughs> the course didn't exist. Um, so there was, no, as I say, there was no discussion. I should explain that many courses, but particularly the MRES, tend to recruit students in the last few months of the year. Um, you know, people have to put money aside. You tend to find that people enroll or apply um, probably from May onwards, right up until September. That's the time when you get enrollment. So, in fact, to have five students in May is actually pretty good. And so to then be told that, okay, this is not going to be able to recruit anymore is it kind of, um, well, obviously it stops you recruiting, but it, it stops you at a point where you would have 
that mm. recruitment would have been increased. That was the yeah. pattern from previous years. In addition, as I mentioned, the MRES recruits twice a year. So having five students in May, you know, we may well have had eight students in September, and then mm. we might have another five students or four students in January. So the total for the year might have been, may have been, nobody knows, much greater than the target figure of six students. So it's a very kind of arbitrary suspension of recruitment. The, the, the second um, kind of aspect of it is that um, a month or five weeks later, I was summoned to another meeting, um, which, in, which was kind of shrouded in mystery, although I'd already guessed what it was likely to be about. <laughs> and told that because the MRES wasn't recruiting, um, that also put my post at risk, that it was like, you know, the MRES wasn't bringing in sufficient funding. Therefore, somehow my post was tied to that funding. And then mm. therefore I was likely to be made redundant as well. Uh, I was likely to be made redundant unless I could reinvent myself and come up with a plan and a kind of economic money-making plan within two weeks wow. so that is very unusual you know because often at a university a course doesn't run for various reasons or is suspended and then normally somebody would be asked to go and teach something else or mm. to develop a new course or to you know to just to be redeployed in some way so this is quite unusual to, to tie this my post to this yep. particular course. The, the other issue with the recruitment to the course is that every year I would complain to the university, well, the course isn't being marketed. You know, it's not. Uh, we're recruiting students from all over the world, but it's being done by me on social media. You know, people yeah. have to see me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. There's no real marketing program. It's, it's, it's reaching people, but it needs to reach more people. The university needs to you know, make a big deal. This is a unique course. It's doing something unique. It's succeeding, but it'd be great to have more students. You know, that was my, uh, always my demand. And unfortunately, that wasn't, that wasn't done. So you could say a course that appears to be successful is being presented as unsuccessful. Yeah, and then a target is being established, which you know the course fails at a particular time of the year, and then that's being used to to make my post um, redundant as well. So that that's basically the situation. It's crazy because, as you said, you'd been at Chichester six years before the course existed. I think yeah. twenty twelve to twenty eighteen. So. That the the maths aren't really adding up there for me uh, here in this. Um, but I will also say I think you make a really important point about the marketing of it as well because I would have been looking to do a master's around that time, 2018, 2019, so when I finished my undergrad, and it's not something I I ever saw, and it was something I was looking for um, of that nature to do a master's, and I thought about doing a master's tour or a master's in research, kind of happy was happy at that point to to go with whatever in the subject area that that seemed the best and it wasn't until I was probably about to start my PhD when I found out about the MRES um, and that was as you said through social media or through people that I then met 
who had done that Emirates. Um, so I think it's definitely an interesting point there of how, you know, it's like <laughs> their issue is with the numbers that you're recruiting, but the numbers that you're recruiting have been stopped at the point where they would start recruiting at a higher level over the summer period. And then there hasn't been that support in marketing. And Yeah, I'm know. being threatened with redundancy because the university hasn't done its job. Right, because you're not the recruiter. I don't know any lecturer that recruits for the course. The university's job is that. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> I mainly did. I that was you know it wasn't my in my job description as such. No. Nobody else did it, so I had to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got to be a professor of history and a social media <laughs> marketing whiz <laughs> all in one role, um, which is not is not ideal, um, not at all. Um, I wondered actually if are there other courses at Chichester that have been threatened. Or have been stopped enrolment. There are there are other courses. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly what has been stopped because it's all been shrouded in secrecy. Right. Um, obviously, the union is involved, but the union hasn't made a statement about how many other people are affected. I believe, from what I've heard, that there's probably about sixteen or seventeen other people affected. But I don't know exactly what they're the courses are what the circumstances are which is a it's a little bit problematic because um you know i'm sure they all have um you know very good courses and i, I but i don't know the circumstances so i can't really i can't really comment on what else is going on absolutely also there would be i'm sure some strength in unity if if there was some transparency of, of all the people that, you know, or the courses that had been impacted and potential posts. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I can't really tell you what the trade union is doing. They are doing yeah. something, but um, it's not entirely clear to me yet yeah. what it is they're doing. Absolutely, that makes sense. Um, I think I also wanted to ask just... Maybe this will stay in there or not. Um, what were some of the... I know it's a, a masses of research, but what were some of the topics that were being researched under that um, master's and what was kind of you know, the dissertations that were being produced and um, the kind of work that was being done? Well, I suppose the one which people will uh, probably hear about first is the dissertation on Jessica Huntley because um, Claudia Tomlinson, who did that dissertation as a, an undergraduate, as a, sorry, on the master's on the Ed Res, then went on to do a PhD in the same subject, which will soon be a, a book. So people will be able to read that work. Um, we have, we've had students who, a lot of them have focused on uh, Britain and the history of African and Caribbean people in Britain, but we've also had one student who worked on the Mfakane, as it's known, which is a, a kind of movement of peoples in Southern Africa in the uh, late 18th, early 19th century. And she also went on to do a PhD with me at Chichester. Then we have uh, Ray Bowen, who did a MRES in, uh, on Dusse Muhammad Ali, the famous editor actor is now doing a PhD on that subject. Um, we had um, uh, 
uh, Hannah Francis, who did a Emres on the Black Parents Movement, and that became included in the recent book, Many Struggles, that chapter um, is, is based on her Emres dissertation. And we'll now hear from Hannah and her experiences on the Emres of Africa and the African diaspora. Professor Hakeem Adi's course has been an invaluable part of my journey as a researcher. The course content on African history and the history of the diaspora, vast, detailed and accessible, alongside Professor Hakeem Adi's expert but intentional leadership, offers an invaluable programme of study to students who are increasingly engaging with Black British and diasporic histories. I've been able to engage with source materials I never had before, uh, with the expertise and knowledge of Professor Addy and my fellow course mates, uh, who were based all over the UK, in Hong Kong, Canada, um, with experience in spanning the public sector, arts, heritage, uh, archivism, activism, and many more. Uh, Professor Addy began this course at a time in which university structures and education systems did not, and quite frankly still do not, truly value the histories uh, of the presence of African and Caribbean people in Britain. And yet his MRes graduates and PhD students are putting our learning into our everyday practices, whether it's in our paid work, uh, our writing or our art, our community-based organising, volunteering or supplementary teaching, the list goes on. Um, and further, I find that we and members of our community and allies are promoting the course more so than the university itself. Um, in a climate in which these knowledges are still continually misrepresented, the university is more concerned about making an economic case over everything else, uh, which is including uh, Professor Addy's employment, which even preceded the course's existence anyway. Um, yeah, I just really hope the university reconsiders its decision. You know, the proof of the pudding is really... <laughs> In the PhD students we produced, you know, some of those students have won uh, awards, yeah. you know, in, in got research funding for their work. So I'm, you know, I'm very proud of the course, very proud of the students. And uh, yeah, what can I say? That's... Absolutely, no, definitely, that that makes complete sense, and as you as you would be. Um, so in terms of supporting then this fight um, to essentially safeguard this course um, and your position. Um, as it stands, social media support is always welcomed. Um, and there is a petition on change.org um, that you can sign uh, in order to um, essentially put some pressure on, on those making these decisions. Um, those will be linked in the show notes of this episode. They will be on the History Hotline social media platforms um, on all of them. So you'll be able to find them there. There's no excuse for that. Um, with change.org, if you are going to sign that petition, look out for an email that comes to confirm your email address because your signature is not valid unless the email address has been confirmed. Um, just to make sure that obviously people don't just use random email addresses and sign petitions. Um, so make sure that you are, um, yeah, confirming that uh, in your email. Sometimes the email goes to junk, so look out for that. Um, is there any other way that people can support um, this course at the moment and um, the work that is still carrying on, despite the fact that um, the University of Chichester have decided to take this step? Well, I think the main thing we're asking people to do is to, is to as you say, to sign the petition, but also to share the petition with their friends. Uh, we've had close to 4,000 signatures now in the last 
few days, uh, last you know, four or five days. And so just to keep showing, signing uh, is important. Very many people, when they sign, also make comments, which are also very important. We're collecting the comments and trying to um, disseminate the, the comments in various ways through social media and in other ways, just to show the the value of the course. In a way, it's a kind of marketing exercise. It's it's showing the university and others maybe that this course is really is necessary. That people want it. Um, that if you promote it correctly, you could say that the the petition is an exercise in how to promote uh, a course. Um, if you promote something, then people will support it. People will want to to join it, to enroll in it, and so on, or tell their friends about it. So, signing the petition and commenting, sharing the petition, um, are the main things we're asking people to do. Uh, but I mean, people are at liberty to. Um, you know, to, to use their initiative. We've had some people who have, for example, contacted their uh, MP, and there is one MP at the moment who's very concerned and is uh, about to intervene. And, and to, we've had other people who've contacted the press, uh, the Voice newspaper, or alerted local BBC radio stations or other local community stations. So if you're somebody who has that possibility, has friends in the media, then please let them know what's going on. I think people have to understand it's not that it's just a course. It is a course. It's the only one of its kind in the country. But it's also about history and history teaching. If we allow universities to, to basically to say that the history of Africa and the African diaspora history of black people in Britain isn't important um, then we're you know we're pandering to Eurocentrism uh, we're, we're saying that okay they should only be you know the history of white men of property or very narrow view of history yeah um, this is the only course of its kind if it's allowed to go then you know it will go the MRES in the History of Africa and African Diaspora, led by Professor Hakim Adi, has provided me with the various tools and skills to navigate, interpret and analyse the modern world. Professor Adi's comprehensive course gives one the necessary tools to comprehend and write more objectively about Africa and the African Diaspora in the contemporary world as agents of our own making not just victims of other people's social, political and economic circumstances. As it's been said, do support this. Um, you know, podcasts like this don't exist without courses like that and without people like um, Professor Hakeem in roles that he's in, um, to put it plainly, you know. Um, history, as you've said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just come from one place. Um, it comes from institutions, it comes from the people being trained in the right way to take on public history, to teach history in schools. You know, it's all part of a wider picture of, of the way we treat uh, histories of African people and the African diaspora in this country, most definitely. Um, right, so thank you so much um, for joining us on this episode today. Unfortunately, it couldn't be under better, better circumstances. 
Um, but I hope the next time I'm on this podcast, actually, it will be updating you listeners with good news about the course um, and everything like that. Thank you. And that draws us to the end of the episode. If you didn't already know, there is a petition to be signed. Please, if you've left it this long into the episode to do that, um, the links are in the show notes and also on social media, um, in the Instagram bio and on Twitter as well. Please do sign that petition. Please share it with friends and family um, and on social media as well. Um, There is power in the people. Um, I did this episode last night and I think this morning it's been announced that um, this is something that will be a motion um, that has been tabled in Parliament um, and it starts with this house expresses its disappointment at the recent announcement by the University of Chichester that they have suspended all recruitment to the Masters of Research History of Africa and the African Diaspora course. Um, it notes things like regret the decision, depriving students of the opportunity to study such a unique course. Um, it's not something you can do at any other university in the UK and even in Europe, I think. Um, it also notes the decision will disproportionately impact African and Caribbean students who make up the majority of students recruited onto the course with an interest um, in these histories. Um, and it calls that the university should retract the threat of redundancy uh, to Professor Addy. Um, and I believe it's been uh, brought forward uh, by Belle Ribeiro Addy uh, of the Labour Party and also supported by Mary Kelly Foy and John Trickett. Um, and I assume that will, will continue um, as a motion um, and hopefully actually gain uh, some more traction and, and some more um, conversation about it. Because I think I think above all, um, this course needs to obviously continue, but also we need to really have a deep conversation about the way higher education institutions um, treat courses like this. Um, we haven't mentioned the situation at Goldsmiths just because this episode would be would be so so long. But if you know anything about that, then then you know what what I'm talking about. And if you don't, then um, do some googles. Um, but this is not uncommon, unfortunately. Um, the pressure. Um, and the pushback towards courses like this um, and the scholars that do this work is also apparent. Now, I don't want to leave you with me, um, so I'm going to leave you with our final student, Danny Thompson, talking about his experiences on the course. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Uh, We'll be back in August. (laughs) Goodbye. Hello. I am Danny Thompson, 2022 graduate of the MRES in African History and History of the African Diaspora at Chichester University. My supervisor was Professor Hakim Adi. I'm writing this letter to express my disgust at the decision by Chichester University to close the course and the fact that the decision was made arbitrarily with no consultation and justified not by academic standards but by economics shows a lack of integrity and transparency by the university. I chose the MRES because it is the only course of its kind that deals with African history, both continental and diasporic. Professor Addy is an excellent teacher and supervisor. The course expanded and deepened my own understanding of history and gave me the confidence and skills to write my thesis to contribute articles and publish my own work. In short, Professor Addy and the course he created helped me realize my dream of being a historian, 
and set me on my chosen path of being a history teacher. As a result of the course, I am now a PhD student, part of a cohort of MRES students now doing their PhD, doing valuable work and making valuable contributions to the general understanding of British history. I ask Chichester University to reconsider its decision. The MRES offers students the invaluable opportunity to engage in historical research should be built and grown and not closed down. Thank you.